Amen. 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 It's wonderful um, to be able to say that no matter what you go through, I'm going to give God some praise. Um, you got to, you got to, you know, I was listening to a song uh, that I love off a, off a, a newer old commission album. And then one of the, one of the, um, one of the uh, verses in the vamp says, when the spirit of heaviness comes on, I'm going to put on the garment of praise. Yeah, see, I don't know nothing about that. Um, that's Isaiah, though. That's in the book of Isaiah. It means the garment of praise represents a disposition that you're going to clothe yourself in. No matter what you go through and no matter how much hell breaks loose, I'm going to bless the name of the living God. Um, because you declare to yourself and to the enemy that God's goodness is not based on what I go through, but who's with me while I go through. And until you recognize and realize that reality, you won't grow. And so that's why the Bible says, count it all joy when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And so we want to be people that will, you will find yourself in different types of seasons, but hopefully heaven won't find your mouth closed towards heaven, um, of lifting up and glorifying and honoring the name of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Well, happy Mother's Day to the mothers. Let's give the moms a, a big up this morning. Um, Amen, amen, amen. Mothers are an essential, an essential. I know we talk a lot about fatherlessness and stuff, but mothers are essential just as equally as uh, fathers are in the life and development of a child. And so um, thank you, mothers, for your sacrifices. Thank you, mothers, for your commitment. Thank you, mothers, for your love. Thank you, mothers, for your unconditional uh, commitment uh, to children. Uh, that's, that's a... That's a wonderful thing. And for those of us like me, lost my mom two years ago. So if anybody here is grieving, I can empathize with your infirmity. And so uh, one of the things that I just glory in about God's grace on my life in relation to my mom is if I didn't have her, I wouldn't have anything to grieve. And, um, and, and, and so I, I thank God that I get to grieve the fact that I had and not had. Amen, somebody. And so, uh, and so for those who are grieving, I know that different times of the year are hard for different people for different reasons. And so I pray that you would join me in blessing the Lord in spite of and honoring his name and also congratulating other moms uh, and mothers here through the church. All right, um, let's stand to our feet. We're going to go ahead and dig into our passage today. We're not going to get into 1 Corinthians today. We'll jump back in 1 Corinthians next week. I'm going to do something I don't usually do, a Mother's Day message. And um, I, I want to go over to Proverbs chapter 31, verses 1 through 9. See, y'all thought I was going to do the last half, didn't y'all? Proverbs 31, verses 1 through 9. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. I want to um, give a tag to the text today. I want to talk about, talk about today wisdom from the heart of a godly mother. Wisdom from the heart of a godly mother. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and lift you up uh, for mothers, and we thank you that Many times in the Bible, uh, you use the imagery of a mother to display your heart for your people. Jesus, when he looked over Jerusalem, uh, used, even though it was a hen, he used the mother in, uh, imagery to reflect his compassion and desire to nurture uh, your people. Paul uses uh, the same uh, uh, imagery in relation to your people, Lord. And so I pray today, Lord God, that you would just... Give us the ability to glory in your gift of motherhood um, and the gift that it is and the gift that it continues to be. And, Lord, I, I just pray that we would just see just some clear things from you and then 
also, in, in many respects, see the Lord Jesus Christ in the midst of this text. And so, God, we pray that you let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O oh God, our strength and our redeemer in whom we trust. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody agree with that said? Amen. Amen. You, may, you may be seated. You may be seated. Um, it was probably around 2008, uh, five years after he had been in the NBA, uh, that LeBron James won his first MVP award. And in him winning that first MVP award, of course, he did it back in, in his hometown where uh, the MVPs get to choose uh, where they uh, do their announcement and accept their speech, accept their award for being MVP of the NBA. And, 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 and during the course of his speech, um, he's ex experiencing a lot of emotion and he's extremely excited about the great opportunity that he'd been given uh, to be uh, MVP, uh, MVP of the NBA Most Valuable Player. Uh, but, but, at a, but at a certain time in his speech, uh, um, he begins talking about his mom. And when he begins talking about his mom, you know, you know that the speech had to begin to get crumbly right about that point um, be, be, be because of his passion and, 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 and gratitude uh, for the nature of what his mother had meant to him as a young man growing up uh, in a very, very difficult situation without a father and how much uh, his mother's relationship of nurturing him, of providing for him and, and helping him through those difficult years of his development and dealing with him and then him looking retrospectively back at what God graced her to do and, and, and then to be able to go forward and begin to say, I, I want to I, I see my children raised in the way that I was, but I want to be there unlike my father. In other words, she served as a phenomenal inspiration to him to the point where he began to break down and cry. I don't care. I'm just going to tell you, I don't care how manly a man is. If he had a good mama, if he had a good mama, you could, you, I mean, you know what I'm saying? You, you know, the dude could be all ha huh and huff and puff. You know, he'd talk about that. It's my pops, you know, boom, dad, boom. But I don't know what it is about that mama person. You know what I'm saying? When he gets to talking about mama, you know, all kinds of situations begin to arise in him. Um, because mother's nurturing compassion uh, uh, to, to deal with uh, a pain is different. Even when my son uh, hurts himself or any of my sons hurt themselves, um, my, my youngest, who's five now, he's still in that stage where he wants his boo-boos kissed. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and, and you know, you know, you know when, when, when he hurt himself, you know, the first thing a mama say, oh, come here. The first thing a dad says, ah, oh, you all right, get up and go back and, <laughs> you know, you know. And so, you all right, you all right, dust that off, shake it off, shake, shake like this, shake like this. Now go on and run out back out and play. Eye hanging out his head, you know what I'm saying? Somebody, I'm all right, I'm all right, you know, putting his eye back in his head. Just, just real crazy. Daddy said play, I'm okay. Mama said, come here, let me get the seventh aid kit, not the first aid kit, seventh aid kit. And so, and so it's, it's interesting and, 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 and just to see the dynamic of the role of a mother and how different it is from that of a father's role. And, and the role that a mother plays is such a key role in the balance of parenthood. Yeah. That there's supposed to be a God has set things up under Christ and under all time for, for there to be a balance of influences redemptively in the lives of children. 
And so there should not be an imbalance of either. It's not either good or bad. It's God's grace and his provision to us through motherhood and fatherhood. But today we're talking about motherhood. Just real quick, uh, the Psychological Association, it was interesting to hear what they said. When they talk about mothers, they said, uh, this is why we appreciate mom. If it weren't for mom, we wouldn't be breathing right now. They say mothers are the emotional backbones of the family. They say, who, who would kiss your boo-boos? There it is. To make it all better if it weren't around. Some of these, I'm like, I didn't know the Psychological Association had to put these out. I said, it seemed like you just know these. Um, number four, truly our mothers worked hard and made sacrifices. Number five, mothers are forgiving. Uh, they, they say her boundaries uh, made you a better person. A mother's ears and eyes uh, see everything. How many of y'all know that? I, I don't know what it is about a mama. I don't know what it is. You, you would be doing something. I'm in, in another place. I don't know what God gave the women. I don't know what it is. They got the 12 cents. You know, what you doing? And you know you wild and out. Mama just know. Uh, you know, and then, and then you ask them when they get older. Mama knows, baby. Mama knows. That's what my mom used to always say. And so we come to a passage that really acts as an old to this idea of motherhood. <coughs> it's interesting that throughout the book of Proverbs, when, wo- when wisdom is being explained and personified, it is always in the book of Proverbs explained in the feminine. It's interesting that, that in the earlier part of Proverbs and in the middle part of Proverbs, it talks about wisdom shouting out in the streets. And, and, and it's in a feminine tone of, of, of wisdom crying out and, and calling out uh, to people to respond to her. It's almost like, it's almost like she's giving a gospel call, uh, going out the call, go the way of God, not the way of man, right? It, it, it's, so, it's so beautiful, it, it, except uh, the ways of Yahweh and his way of thinking and his way of doing things and shun everything else of the wicked. And so you come to the culmination and climactic passage of this long pericope that we see that has pertinent uh, principles for our progress. As we begin to work through uh, Proverbs 31, we begin to see wisdom again personified, personified, personified in the personhood of a woman. And so we come to this passage and uh, uh, we, we, don't, we, we believe that Solomon possibly com- compiled the, uh, the Proverbs and put them together for us. And, and, and we see that he comes upon a collection of Proverbs. And, 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 and as he comes upon the collection and the, under the anointing and strength of the Holy Spirit, compiles the passage, lays out stuff that he has, lays out stuff from his dad, lays out stuff uh, from a few others, and then comes and he finds a, an oracle from a young man or a, a a king named Lemuel. And as he begins to walk through it, he recognizes that, I don't know if it was a journal, I don't know what type of wording it was put in, but it's beautiful to see that he wrote down his mother's wisdom, and that mother's wisdom, uh, come to find out, was done under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to him to a point to where the Holy Spirit wanted to add it to the canon of Scripture. And so we see here a woman, a mother contributing to the Bible. Okay, so, 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 so feminism, feminism, get out the way. There are women that contributed to the Bible. Oh, y'all going to be quiet on me. It's okay. 
And, 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 so, and so women did make a major contribution here. And, 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 and the way they made a contribution here was to say, this is what wisdom looks like in action when you look at a woman at her best. When you see a woman at her best in submission under the, the authorities that she submitted to, yet showing off the prowess of living out her glorious place, that's where you see the gospel. You see the gospel where a woman understands her role and doesn't see living outside of her role as something to be denounced, but living in the fullness of her role to the point where this woman is living out her role and preparing a king for a kingdom. A mother is so powerful that she can, she can disciple a king. We don't know how powerful women are now. Sometimes in the conservative church, we so batter women that, that, that we don't recognize and see the glory of the place that God has given them as systemic disciple makers in the church. Y'all ain't going to say nothing back. It's okay. But I love the fact that here we see Solomon under the Holy Ghost inspiration, not under his own inspiration, adding to the canon of Scripture the voice of a woman through the voice of her son based on an impacted life and him being prepared to be a king. And so says the words of King Lemuel. <coughs> I love this because in him saying in the words of King Lemuel, and then it says, and, taught, and, and these are the words that his mother taught him. This, this is just so rich. We could spend just time in just this verse. But, but Lemuel means one who belongs to God. His name means a man consecrated to God. You can see what the mother was thinking through as she was, as she was naming her son it, 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 and we'll come back to this when she talks about her vows to the Lord and, and ministering to her son about his journey. It's, it's, it's beautiful to see um, um, her, her, her viewpoint in giving a name. In, in other words, in their day, they didn't just give a person a name. You know what I'm saying? You know, in our day, now I ain't, I ain't going to say no names. <laughs> I ain't going to say none of them. But some of us, I don't know what some of us be thinking. When we name children, uh, 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 you know, I ain't going to throw some of them names out because, you know, I don't want to cause ethnic undiversity in here today. But, 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 but some of the names that people think of for the kid, they just make it up. Some of that sound cute. I just want that to be my baby's name. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yo. Like, like, but in this day, it, 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 a child's name had meaning. Because, because a child's name was what a mother and father came up with to prophetically ask God for what they want their child to be. And so, and so before they thought about the cuteness of the name or the pow prowess of the name, they, they thought about what, do, what does this say about the character of either what God was doing at the time when the child is born or what are we asking God from a prophetic heart voice of what we want our child to be? And see, that's what mothers do. Mothers are always hoping for their children in godly ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, when, when, when mothers, mothers, mothers have, fathers, we have our burden, but this is Mama's Day. We, 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 when women have dreams that, 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 that they are designed. Not, I'm not talking about being an architect or a lawyer or a pastor. I ain't even talking about that. I'm talking about there are character, God-driven dreams. When you're a godly mother has divine dreams for their children. 
and we see that she has major divine dreams for her son as she begins to prepare him for what she would be because she's what's called the queen mother. And so the queen mother was the person that was in place, and if dad was dead, she was sort of the queen even though the child was the king. And so she had a lot of counsel and influence into the life of the king in the absence of a full-fledged queen. Are you tracking with me? And so, and so, and so, and so here, she, 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 she plays this role of wanting for her husband not just to be a man of power and not for her just to get in his ear and, talk and, and rule as king, as queen mother, by using her influence as mother to challenge and direct the kingdom on her own. But she takes her place as a biblical disciple maker in her proper role as a woman and queen mother to make sure that there's character influence in the way that the kingdom is ran. Okay? And, and, so, and, so, and so this is, this is, this would helps, this would help you. Mothers, how are you training your children? Those who want to be mothers, is, is your dream just to take them to the mall so that you can put them in an outfit that shows you off? You know how we do. But, 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 but at home, we don't really care about them until it's time to leave the house. And they have to look a certain way to represent us versus be what they're supposed to be to represent God. Are you checking with me? And, and, so, and so when we look at this idea of motherhood, this is, this is not a substandard role, women. Women, you better serve notice to the devil and tell him he's a liar. You better tell him he's a liar. Let me just tell you something. That, 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 that is not a substandard, subservient role. It's one of the most coveted, exalted roles in the kingdom. When you look at Tanakh, when women could not bear children, their hearts were broken. Because they wanted to contribute, not just to have children, but they wanted to contribute to possibly uh, having the Messiah or having messianic lineage or building up the kingdom of God. Yes. Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth. Fill the earth with what? God lookalikes. Glory reflectors throughout the planet. I got to move beyond Lemuel. But it's powerful for us to recognize and, and, and be strengthened by the fact that mothers have a powerful and undeniable role. I know we're in a neighborhood with a lot of single moms. We need to be encouraging them and strengthening them instead of beating them down with the statistics of what they went through or the mistake that they went through and say, how can we come alongside of them to help develop these men into young kings? That's, that's what we need to do. That's what we need to do. It's easy to use someone's pain as a stat. It's easy. That's easy just so, just so we can say we're doing something. We're in this. We're here. and we're, That ain't got nothing to do with nothing. We should be making disciples of all nations, even the nation of motherless, fatherlessness amongst. I mean, so <coughs> it says here, it says, the words of King Lemuel, an oracle that his mother taught him. This is powerful. Um, oracle is used in Obadiah. In the first verse one of Obadiah, the prophet Obadiah. Some translations, I love the way they translate it. it it's, this, it's the same idea, but it, it, it opens up what the word means. One translation, I don't know if it's the NASB, I can't remember which one, but, but, it, but it translates it, the burden of Obadiah. Um, um, oracle is, is a prophetic burden of a prophet that God places upon them 
to get the word out about what God is saying. Are you listening to me today? And so what's powerful about this is that this just is an oracle. Guess what that means? Because she taught him a bunch. This is just one of them. This is just one of them. But, but, but she taught him an oracle. Oracle means burden or, 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 or a, 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 a prophetic commitment to something, right? And so that she taught him. This word taught is crazy. In, in other words, the fact that he wrote this down lets us know a few things. Lemuel took ownership of his mother's words. He took ownership of her words. <coughs> he took ownership of it that he began to take notes at his mother's teaching and wrote this down somewhere. I love this idea. Good, good, good mothers, when they teach their children repetitively. Mamas, don't get mad that you got to say stuff over and 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 over, and over again. <laughs> don't know. If I tell you one more time, if I just tell you one more time, Eric Matthew Mason, you know the government name mean. I heard, I heard a young lady go to church, call her son off the playground. She called him a couple of times. Then he wasn't listening. Then she, then he, she went full government title. And then he got off the thing and came on over. <laughs> he knew what time it was. He knew what time it was. Um, <coughs> well, mama give you a whole government title. But, but mothers, don't, don't despair in repetition. That's what this points to. It's funny that even, even God has to do that with all of us, doesn't he? Y'all ain't talking back to me. Listen, 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 over and over and over again. What does Paul say in his letters? Paul says in his letters over and over again, remember the things that I taught you. Remember, even, even, even Jesus is talking to the church at uh, uh, the Ephesus. Uh, I, uh, he, he wants you to remember the works that you did. In other words, part of discipleship, women, ladies, is repetition that may get on your nerves but will get in their hearts. Okay. And, that, and, that, and that, that's, that, that's, that repetition is powerful. So, so I, I'm, I guarantee you she didn't tell him this one time. I, 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 I ain't a betting man, but if I was, I guarantee you she had to yell some of these things to him sometimes. Because as a, can you imagine young Lemuel as a prince? He, he the king in line, chicks after him. He walking in his robe through the garden. Lemuel, Lemuel. He walking out there. We don't even know how, we don't even know how Lemuel look. You know what I'm saying? But later on, she's going to talk to him about the honeys. That's what a good mom does, right? In other words, because Lemuel, you see, mothers know their sons. <coughs> and, and you have to tether your teaching based on what you know his kryptonite is. I'm going to come to that in a second. <coughs> but but, 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 but they, they went from being, her teaching, they went from being the words of his mother to his words. These became his words. It's powerful. That, that, that over time, that over time, they, they weren't just, that's not what mama said. This is not just mom's faith. That repetition paid off, mom, and God used it to penetrate me. Now it's mine. So these are now my words. These are things that I own in my life with Lemuel saying, based on the inference of the passage. So mother's discipleship is very important because, stereotypically, mothers spent the lion's share of time with the children. And so when him saying an oracle taught that his mother taught him, that word taught is a powerful idea. It, 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 it has multi, like in, in, the, in, in the book of Proverbs, the word taught is just a massive word. It, it, it sometimes it translates discipline. Now when Proverbs say discipline, it doesn't always mean beat down. Okay? I know most of us think, I got discipline. That means beat down. 
But, 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 but in Proverbs, it means more than that. It means rebuke, but it also means encouragement. And so, and so these words, these words that he gave to her, I mean, that she gave to him, had multifaceted places. Listen, it means to chasten, to rebuke. It means to bring up, discipline, chasten, admonish. I like, I like, I like what this lexicon here said. It says to give formal and informal instruction. I love that. That means the instruction that she gave him was, was Jesus-like. Because Jesus had times where he formally instructed his disciples, and then there were times where he informally instructed his disciples. For instance, Jesus sleeping on the boat, chilling, knocked out, storms everywhere. Now, this was a teaching moment. They're on the boat. They're just going somewhere. You know what I'm saying? And so all of a sudden, he said, Lord, don't you care that we even passion? He wakes up. He's like, man, all right. He rebukes the winds and the waves. He said, you have little faith. He taught them that, rebuked the winds and the waves, and went back to sleep. Um, you know, one of the things about good mothers is good mothers, because of your volume of time around your children, you can have formal and informal re- instruction with your children. That, that's powerful and beautiful. That, 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 that's why we need to have our churches and our families built around the ability to raise kids in a godly way. That doesn't mean that all, wom- all moms uh, don't work. But it does mean that in some way, shape, or form, the family needs to build itself around helping develop the idea of a deep commitment to Jesus Christ and his word in the matrix and fabric of his society. Okay? And one of the things that we see throughout Scripture is one of the things that was a big part of discipleship in the church in the New Testament was this, was that one of the roles, one of the powerful roles of women in the church was to have gener- intergenerational discipleship of older mothers with younger mothers to help younger mothers to learn how to raise children. I know, I know, when, we, I know when we begin to talk about being keepers of the house, you know, people want to throw tomatoes. You know, but in, 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 uh, in, t- in Titus chapter 2, verse 3, it talks about, and train, so train the women to love their husbands and their children and to be workers at home. What is he saying there? He's not saying that everybody has to be home. But what is he saying here? He wants them to be, th- it lets us know that this has to be trained. That discipleship training shouldn't just be just for being a believer, but also being a mother as well in a, in a very, very powerful and strong way. And so, he go, and so he goes down and he begins to talk a little bit more about this role of the mom in the home with him. And she says, verse 2, what are you doing, my son? What are, you, uh, what are you doing, son of my womb? What are you doing, son of my vows? <laughs> Doesn't that sound like a mother talking to her child? Over and over and over again, what are you doing? In other words, in the context of Proverbs, she's asking, what is your behavior like in, in relation to the wisdom of God? What is your behavior like in relation to and adjacent to the wisdom of God? What are you doing, my son? This is intimate. This is, this is very, very intimate language. And so the, 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 king, the queen begins to inquire about his life. Now, that's what I like about women. See, men, we're like, what's going on, son? Nothing. Okay, cool. Women is different. <laughs> when, when a woman asks you, when my wife asks me, how is my day? She wants to know the day. I'm like, uh, you know, they're like, y'all different, right, in a beautiful way. Because y'all, <laughs> y'all make us, because y'all make us come out. Like, how was the day, baby? Work was great. It's like, okay, in what way, you know? You know what I'm saying? 
And, and that strength of womanhood is able to draw out things out of men and women. You know what I'm saying? Would well, she be, okay, well, when I left the house, man, it was a nice breeze outside. Um, you know, you, you know, you know, um, you know um, the staff meeting started. Um, who was there? You know, I'm like, you know, like, like, you know what I'm saying? Um, but, but, but women, but, 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 but I want you to, I don't want you to divorce that from the Bible. Because what she's doing is she wants to know details about her son's character. And so she doesn't want to say, I got good, I spent time with God. What did you read? What are you meditating on? How is it impacting your heart? And so that's what she's doing now is she's asking him heart questions. That's your strength, women. You are good at that. You are great at asking and beating around the bush and getting to heart questions. And so she's asking, she says, she says, what are you doing, my son? And so she's concerned a few things from this. We extract from these. She's concerned, number one, about his lifestyle. She's concerned about his lifestyle. Very, very concerned. Sometimes fathers, we're not as concerned about lifestyle because we have an ogreish view of manhood that doesn't equal to godliness. And so what happens is women, I believe, are deeply placed as nurturers to help counterbalance and override the foolishness of our child rearing at times. He said, and the next, she takes ownership of her role as mother nurturer, my son. She, 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 she owns him as son and she owns her role as nurturer. You also see that they had built a close relationship. This, this is the idea that's here in my son. They built a relationship, that a mother builds a relationship with her children. There, she built a relationship, a relationship. What does that mean? What does that have to do anything? You can't have relationship without building trust, and you can't pour in a child's life without relationship and trust. Our relationship with children, it should not just be with disciplining them about bad, but it should be a common ground to engage them on a daily basis. My son, she had a deep paternal connection with him. She's the son of my womb. Deep paternal connection to him. Uh, 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 Not only that, she committed to giving godly advice to her children. She says, son of my vows. This is powerful. I like the fact that she says, son of my vows, because what she meant by that <coughs> was that before Lemuel was born, before Lemuel was born, she talked to God about him. She talked to God about, I, she pr- probably, many, many, they didn't have sonograms back then. So she didn't know the sex of her child until the child was born. And so she probably was saying, God, if it's a boy, this is what I pray. God, if this is a girl, this is what I pray. When Lemuel kicked, he, whoo, and then she began to speak vows. of, If his name is Lemuel, God, if you give me a healthy baby in Jesus' name, I'm going to name him Lemuel, consecrated to God. Just like Hannah. Hannah is barren. But Hannah, in 1 Samuel chapter 1, goes into the temple and begins to pray for a child, and God releases that opportunity, and she dedicates her child to the Lord, son of my vows. And so she remembers. She doesn't have the baby and forget about her vows to the Lord. What she does is she lets what she prayed to the Lord be a deep part of her nurturing process in leading her son. 
And then she says, then, then she goes on in <coughs> and, 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 and the prayer, and she, I mean, not in the prayer, but in her instructions. She says, do not give your strength to women. <laughs> your ways to those who destroy kings. Now, only mama can say something like that. See, 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 some, see, mama knew what type of voice she had into her child's life. And she, she said, she said, she said, listen, don't give your strength. Strength, same idea that's used over in Proverbs 5 when uh, 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 Solomon talks to Rehoboam about not giving his strength to foreign women. In other words, uh, just, 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 just having a bunch of sexual escapades because he's a young prince. She begins, telling, she begins telling her son, don't you do the same thing. Don't, she begins saying, don't waste your time on chicken heads. She said, she said baby, lead a jump off alone. I know y'all not going to talk back to me. She said, but the jump off situation ain't worth nothing. She said, she said, she said don't waste your time with that. She said, and, and what's powerful is she says, just because you think you can do it doesn't mean you can do it. And she says, to those who, who, whose ways <coughs> where people want to destroy kings. And so what she's doing is she's warning, people, warning her son about people who would take advantage of him. And that's what parents do. Parents show, especially a mom, a mom shows children people's intentions with them and tells them who to stay away from. That's what's powerful about, that's what's powerful about Jesus. Jesus, we used to tell the disciples, he said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. In other words, lead them alone. Don't mess with them. They, they don't have good intentions for you because that leaven is unbelief. And she's training him in the realm of belief and what's uh, alternative to biblical belief and commitment to the Lord. I love this. Who want to, who wanna, who, your, your ways to destroy, to those who destroy, your behavior to those who would destroy King. In other words, don't trust everybody, son. Verse 4. <coughs> I got to move. He said, if it is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine or for rulers to take strong drink. Now, what is she telling him not to drink? No, because water was very scarce, and so most of the time they had to drink back then in the sense of just wine because that was, the main, uh, that was one of the main things that they were able to drink. What she's saying is, is don't let nobody get you drunk. Now, she's not just saying, she's saying don't get drunk, but she's also saying, as a king, I'm training you of the fact that people will come in your life and they will bring you all types of good drinks. And, and when you're a king, they'll try to make you make a crazy decree while you're drunk. And then you'll wake up from your, from your drunken stupor and realize that you made a bad decision. She said, in other, in other words, don't, she said, she, control the way that your relationships go. That's powerful. Take control of the way your relationships go. It's very, very powerful. And it points to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. It says, therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. What mothers do, what mothers do who train their sons is they point them to Jesus. Mothers have an ample amount of opportunity to powerfully relay the glory of God through Jesus Christ to their children. And so she's laying out the idea of being sober-minded. Don't let anything cloud your judgment, but you always want to be in a place where you have a lot of great fortitude and a lot of good judgment to make powerful decisions for the glory of God, and particularly for us now living under the new covenant, under that of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
verse 5. She says, lest they drink, lest, lest they drink and forget what they, uh, that has been decreed and pervert the rights of the afflicted. So she's working on, what did, son, I want the principles that I teach you, not to just be principles that I teach you, but they impact your character and how you relate to people who you wouldn't normally connect with. Look at what she says. She says, give strong drink to the ones who are perishing and wine to those in bitter distress. That bitter distress is interesting. There, He says, let them drink and forget their poverty. She said, let them do that and remember their misery no more. She says, but you, I want you to open up your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. It's interesting. She says, I know as a king, you would normally just relate to who's in your tax bracket. I, I know that you only usually relate to people that are, that, that, that are economically and sociologically on your level. But what I want you to do, the test of a king is not based on those who can do them a favor, but based on who you can bless without expecting anything in return. Who does that sound like? Jesus Christ. These are such beautiful Christological principles here where, where, where one of the things a mom helps a child to do is to let their character take them out of their comfort zone. <coughs> That's what a mom has the grace to teach. It's interesting if my children, when, when, if, they're, if they're playing with somebody and one of the kids they don't want to play with, we, we try to challenge them about it. If kids are ostracized or a group of kids are ostracized, we want to grow them up and not just playing with who they want to play with, but play beyond their boundaries. And that's what she's saying. She said, I want you to go outside of your normal comfort zone. Because guess who this points to? This points to Jesus Christ, who came and said, blessed are you. And he talks about people being poor in spirit. He says, for you shall be filled. And what does that point to? Christ ultimately being the one who comes out of heaven. No matter how rich you think you are, Christ had to condescend into the poverty of your situation. Because your richness on earth doesn't, pre, doesn't even compare to the riches of his glory. But the beauty of Christ and what he does is he condescends and he comes to engage the unengageable. And what is this mother teaching him? Glorious Christological principles. And so I pray that whether you're a mother now or you may be a mother one day, you may never become a mother and that's okay. But if, you, if, if you're married and you have children, I pray that God would continue to strengthen you in your motherhood of seeing your role as a viable, viable, viable role in our society so that we can see that the person many times that teaches the gospel to their children most repetitively, to teach the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ repetitively, our moms. And so I pray that we'll be a part of raising a godly seed. And so I encourage you today that I'm a product of biblical motherhood. I'm a product, my first Bible when I became a believer was by my mother. It was a big Bible too. It was a really, 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 really big Bible. I mean, I don't even know if they make Bibles. It's one of them Bibles that they, they're so big, they just leave it on the altar. You know, one of them, no, one of them you know, one of them big old, you got to pray in front of that Bible. You know, it's, it's not one you would normally read from. Um, but, but, I, but, but that Bible, I got to find that Bible, but it's ripped to shreds. And it became a part of the matrix of my spiritual life to most of my scripture memories are tied to the first Bible my mom gave me. And so I pray, I pray today that mothers, we celebrate you. We celebrate your role 
And I pray that you would continue to live out the glory of your role as a disciple maker of children. Father God, we thank you. And we bless you and we lift you up. And God, we pray for your strength on mothers, single and married and in different places, whether you got toddlers or grown children. Lord, I pray that mothers will never forget their, their empowering role to raise up a godly seed. And so, God, I pray that in raising up a godly seed, we got to communicate the gospel to our children and to build a gospel environment, an environment where the death and burial and resurrection of Christ is a part of the surroundings. Grace is a part of the surroundings, as well as challenge and discipline and spankings and encouragement and rebuke and instruction and mercy. And so, God, we thank you for mothers. We celebrate you giving them as a gift to us. For those who have mothers that are still alive, Lord God, I pray that they would honor them by thanking them for what you bless them to be for them. And for those whose mothers are no longer here, help them to be comforted and strengthened. And again, thankful for whatever role that you bless their mother to play in their lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody agree with that said? Amen.